May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. This is probably going to shock you to tears, but you might be surprised to learn that um, I have for a lifetime had a strict aversion to vegetables. My mother told me when I was young, if you don't eat your vegetables, you won't grow up tall. And see, she was obviously wrong. Um, But I fought them for a long time. Uh, Didn't like them. Uh, You know, made my peace with one or two. But by and large, if it was green, it wasn't for me. You know, just push that to the side of the plate. Uh, Every trick in the book that that you know, uh, some I even invented. You know, new tricks to teach other little children along the way how to get rid of their vegetables and hide them under food. You'll be happy to know that I made my peace with them, although it is somewhat an unsettled peace. Um, Peas are still on the do not eat list and uh, maybe a few other things as well. When we had little babies in the house, uh, my wife would not let me feed these little babies the fruit. You know the little jars of of fruit? Bananas, by the way, are amazing in the baby food uh, section. But she wouldn't let me give any of the babies any of their fruit. Until after they first had their vegetables. And she would say to me, if you give them fruit first, they'll never eat those vegetables. And I thought I was doing them a favor, but apparently not. So, so I would have to give them peas and, um, and all these awful things, you know, that were strained into a little uh, vegetable jar. And I, I, I would actually enjoy it a little bit because their faces would all scrunch up. And I would think to myself, there's no way I would ever eat that. And yet here they are, just putting it away. And then we would pull out the bananas or the pears or the tutti frutti, I think it was called. It was really good as well. And, um, and, and, served, and then they would, oh, they would eat that up. There was something about getting the real good food in first that was necessary. I mean, if, we, if we'd given them fruit at the beginning, no way they're going to eat the stuff that's really good for them. No way they're going to get the vitamins and the, the nutrients that they needed. They wouldn't even eat the little canned meats that they had to fruit. I mean, it was, if it was candy, it was all candy. And you know, there's sort of a lesson there in the way that we live our spiritual lives as well. I think that's what Jesus is getting at in the gospel lesson. That you need real food. There needs to be something that's real in your life that sustains your spirituality. Not just something that is, um, well, it, it's sort of like religious dessert. You know, it, 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 it tastes good. It doesn't really require much of you at, a, at any level. He, he talks to people and, and he compares them to other religious people. Particularly, Jesus goes up on the mountain and he's teaching. And he has his disciples gathered around him. He also has many others who, who are would-be authentic disciples. Who want to be true Children of Israel, who follow the God of Israel, who who live in ways that are authentically spiritual, not just outwardly religious. And that's sort of the bind that Jesus puts them in. He, He sort of says to them, you have to choose. Do you want to be authentically spiritual or do you want to settle for some sort of outward conformity to some religious system? If you choose the former, not many people may know. You may, you know, do this and and nobody's going to pick up on it. In fact, I think he even says, if you're doing it well, if you're doing it right, you may not get noticed in the way that people 
who aren't doing it well, those who aren't doing it right. There's this sense in which we, we kind of fall prey to what is very normal in our human lives, and that is to, to enjoy the praise of people, to have them say, oh, wow, look at you, isn't that great? I mean, we all like that. It's all enjoyable for, for all of us. But there is a sense in which that can become the downfall to our spirituality. And Jesus is very keen to tell these people who have gathered to hear Him preach, listen, if you want to have an authentic spirituality, you have to be careful. You have to check your own motives. Because our motives sometimes get a little bit cloudy. Sometimes our motives aren't always so pure. And so he says, you have to be careful the way you live. Now I want you to notice something. It, he, he refers to, um, to the way not to be. And he says, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't be like the hypocrites. You know, three times. When you give, don't be like the hypocrites. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. But when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites. You know, so there's the, uh, what's called in Latin, the via negativa. Don't be like those people. This is the negative way to do things. And so we set up this sort of this uh, paradigm. There is an authentic way, and there is a hypocritical way. But I want you to notice that both people do the same things. Both the authentic and the hypocrites give. Both the authentic and the hypocrites pray. Both the authentic and the hypocrites fast. They give stuff up. What's the difference though? What's the difference between the one who is true and the one who is a phony? Jesus says the difference is whether or not we do it for the praise of people. Um, a, a few years ago, um, I heard this, uh, this leader in a church say that... Um, that Christ wasn't concerned at all with personal salvation. I about dropped dead. I, I couldn't believe it. I, 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 I was shocked that this person had said this. She should have known better. Because after all, he is quite concerned with it. In, in fact, the Sermon on the Mount, the central teaching of Jesus is about this. Joe Boisel, be careful how you live. Fill in the blank, your name. <laughs> be careful how you live. It matters what you do. It matters how you live. When you give, when you pray, when you fast, don't be a phony. Because if you are, you have your reward in the praise of people. What's the, what's the mean then? He means that if the praise of people is your reward, that is it. That's the entire reward. The praise of people. But if it's not, I mean, if you have a genuine reward, if you have a genuine spirituality, your Father in Heaven holds your reward for you. You notice the end of it, you know, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth with moth and rust to corrupt, but store up for yourselves treasures in Heaven. I think Jesus is saying there's going to come a day of reconciliation. A reconciliation not just of, of people with God, but a reconciliation of the books. You know, when you sit down and you reconcile your checkbook, something I don't know how to do. <laughs> Thank God my wife does. You know, that you reconcile these figures, you know. 
I'm good at spending. She's good at, at counting up what I've spent, you know, to go down through the list and see. Jesus is saying that there's going to be a day when God reconciles the books. When He looks not just at our actions, but here's the payoff, but at the motive of our actions. Of course you should give. Of of course you should pray. Of course you should fast. Let me add to that other virtues. Of course you should go to church. Of course you should, you know, take soup to your neighbor when she's sick. Of course you should do acts of generosity and kindness all throughout the neighborhood. Absolutely. And you know what? Sometimes you're going to do that and somebody's going to say, wow, isn't that nice? And you're going to say, well, thank you. I appreciate the compliment, but I'm doing it for the Lord. Uh, They're going to recognize you. And just because they recognize you doesn't mean that you lost your reward, does it? The only time you lose it is when you do it for those things. When you do it because you want the praise of people. The word hypocrite um, in its original, in, in Greek, meant one who pretends and acts. One who, who, who's an actor in a play. They, they actually were actors. Um, and these, these play actors would pretend to be something. When Jesus picks up this word, he's saying, you know, there are people out there who pretend to be one thing, but they're in fact not that thing that they're pretending to be. What's the difference between a hypocrite and an authentic Christian? Motive. Motive. It's the big difference. It is the thing that that distinguishes us from everyone else. Listen, how do you know if your motive's right? It's real easy. Live for an audience of one. Just one. Everything that we do say, think. Every action that we take... Every decision that we make, every way that we go about living our lives, the way we order our lives, what we what we embrace, what we what we deny ourselves, what we take up, what we give up. If we did all of those things for one reason, to be pleasing to God, that makes us authentic. That's the sort of spirituality Jesus wants us to have. He wants us to live with this awareness. That God sees us everywhere. He knows us inside out. He knows those secret thoughts that we hide away. He knows what we do and He knows why we do it. And an authentic spirituality is saying, Lord, the truth is I do care what other people think about me. And I do. But I really care what you think about me. I'm really concerned with what you think. We're getting ready to go into this Lenten season. It begins right now. 40 days fasting, penitence. In the old uh, language of the 28 prayer book, bewailing our manifold sins and wickedness. We don't bewail enough. But we're doing it. You know, we're be- I thought it was funny. We're, be- we're beginning to take a moment to stop and say, hmm. Let me sort of pretend I'm an auditor for a moment and look at my own sort of books. I mean, before they get to God, you know, maybe that will run through me. Do a little inventory. Lord, how do I live my life? 
How do I order my life? What things do I allow in? What things do I refuse to do? And why am I doing those? Am I doing them because, well, it's part of the community, you know? I mean, that's what Anglicans do, and we do this or that. Or do I do it because I really want to be pleasing to you? I really want to be pleasing to you. You know, um, I've discovered that um, the vegetables aren't all that bad. Um, in fact, I can even eat a few of them now, you know. I was in, I was in South Carolina a, a couple weeks ago and discovered fried Brussels sprouts. Oh my, who knew? They're amazing. Um, I think frying them might detract a little bit of their uh, nutritional value, but maybe olive oil and a little garlic, it can't be all that bad, right? We need real food, don't we? Our bodies require real food, not just junk. It's a good thing during Lent to sort of give up some stuff, you know, especially the junk that we kind of consume. Good thing to set that stuff aside, keep it a little secret just between you and God. I mean, we all want to say, what'd you give up for Lent? You tell somebody who asks you that next, none of your business. <laughs> the Lord needs to know what I'm giving up, and He alone. Good to give some stuff up. Set it aside. But it's not just about food. It's not just about entertainments. It's not just about the little sort of silly things we do to kind of amuse and entertain and pleasure ourselves. It's about giving up things that really detract from an authentic spirituality. And embracing that relationship with God, that one-on-one relationship that says, Lord, from the moment I wake to the moment I sleep and even throughout my wake, my sleeping hours, that I want to know You. St. Paul says, and the, the fellowship of Your sufferings. I don't know where that comes from. And the power of Your resurrection. I want to know that, not just intellectually, but I want to know that deep inside my body and my soul, that I know You day in and day out and you know me and the me that you know is the most true most genuine most authentic me that I can be in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit